Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to the Run As Well podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week, we're speaking with marathon runner Charlotte Perdue about her fantastic performance at the London Marathon. Third fastest British woman of all time over the marathon distance. No biggie. I actually went and saw Charlotte in real life and uh, had a sit down chat with her. But before we get into that, and because within the context of the conversation with Charlotte, we touch upon the post-marathon blues, you know, how even the elites have to come down from the heady heights of competition. We had a a message on on Instagram from Joe. Um, and she has said she completed the marathon on Sunday. Congratulations, Joe. Um, it was the day I dreamt about since I was a teenager and it didn't disappoint up there with one of the best days of my life. So there you go, everyone. That's the power of the marathon. Um, however, I'm now suffering with severe post-marathon blues. I'd really appreciate any advice you have on this. Um, so, Rick, post-race blues. Yeah, I think, as you say, very, very common for people to get it because you've been focusing on this one thing for you know, in the case of the recent under marathon, maybe two years. So, and you, and you do it and it's great. And then of course there's that come down. It's a similar sort of thing to, I guess, uh, famous musicians might have after they come off stage and nothing's going to yeah. compare to that, that moment in the, in the sun. I would say, number one, don't sign up for another marathon immediately. Um, you might want to do that down, down the line, but I think that changing uh, your focus is, is a really good thing. So a bit of, a bit of downtime yeah. and then think about, I mean, running so broad. <clears throat> sorry, running so broad. It's um, it's not just about marathons, is it? You've got uh, could you could you go and get a really good five k time that you could practice? All, you know, every park run on Saturday. Could you get a good ten k time? Could you go and do something like a trail run or a fell run? Something that's really outside your comfort zone. Even maybe going into triathlons or if you're feeling trendy, the swim run. Oh, which you, you do with, you can do with a friend actually. So that, I think go. those sort of looking a little bit more broadly, not just thinking about the marathon, um, can give you a, like a, a different focus. Because I think if you jump back onto the marathon treadmill, um, yeah, it's a recipe for for burning out a bit. So that would be my advice. Yeah, definitely. And I think that you've got to, you've got a sort of wallow in your achievement a bit. <laughs> you've just got to, yeah, you've just got to yeah, wallow in yeah. it. You've just got to recognize the achievement that you got there. And I know that that like that's hard to to sort of like do you want the sort of the next thing or you maybe want that you want to repeat that high of the day but that will come I think with everything if you sort of just yeah just reflect on what it was that you achieved how long it took to get there and then as you say like maybe think outside the box a little bit and just sort of go with a an idea or a, a, a different a different strand of running that might be the, the best way to do it but most importantly Joe an absolutely normal reaction and uh, congratulations again um Oh, I've been running as well, Ben, but with a buggy. 
<gasps> I've become one of those buggy runners. They're very good. Well, yeah, because I was a little bit like, the promise of the running buggy is better than the reality. Because I was like, actually, go, when I go running, I kind of, if, if it's, you know, if it's practical, I'd like to not be kind of a parent while I run. I'd like to just be doing my own thing. But actually, park run on Saturday morning, obviously it's great sort of family time. Lucky enough to have a running buggy. So I've been heading down to the local one. Um, Start pretty close to the back because I think that's probably buggy running etiquette. Polite, yeah. Uh, And uh, it's been really good. Depends how fast you're going. Depends how fast you're going to go, really good, actually. I've really enjoyed it. And I I think that my son likes it he just, he, he's not he's not hating it anyway um yeah you'd so, know if he hates it yeah so, anyway, so uh yeah yeah it's uh it's been good and i mean actually it's been good to get back and do park run regularly as well because i was probably a bit of an infrequent park runner just because i was doing i was tending to go for slightly longer runs on saturday morning but yeah. um in my current state it's sort of perfect so um so yeah. i'm gonna so on a technical running nuanced uh biomechanical question yeah how have you found running buggy has impeded or improved your sense of economy when you run i think it's surprisingly easy once you get going in a running buggy i def it's definitely a one-handed job i think you need you need one arm going doing the full arm motion and i try and swap it around a little bit so i'm getting some sort of symmetrical thing going on yeah you don't want to you want to over i feel like you could could sort of give yourself some sort of uh over years of one-handed yeah. just one hand you twist or something you do yeah your obliques would do something strange i guess you, you can use it to your advantage that i think most people probably have a lazy arm when they run so yes. i do so my left arm it, it doesn't want to move naturally as much as my right so i try and i try and actually hold on to the buggy of the right and get the left one moving a bit nice. so that actually works out okay and um yeah it's, it's just a very efficient use of time part one is it because you can get out everyone can do it and then obviously you can go and have a coffee or whatever at the end uh and yeah i've been loving it so yeah i'm actually i've become a bit of a running buggy convert because i was a buggy against boy. it before not against the buggy it, boys just, yeah the buggy yeah. boys yeah uh well i haven't got one so shout out anyone who wants to <laughs> send me a running buggy please do um right should we speak to our incredibly fast guest let's do it yeah let's do it guest of the week Charlotte, welcome to the Runners World podcast. Thanks. <laughs> uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Still a bit tired from the race, but uh, it's been like a whirlwind few days. Um, really exciting as well. <laughs> Most people after the marathon, any marathon, the, the cool down, the sort of like the, the stairs of the issue, <laughs> you know, the getting around the house, that sort of stuff. How has it been for you? Yeah, it's um, not been too bad. I mean, it's been my seventh marathon and each one I've got better. I also think like the technology in the shoes as well massively helps recovery so if I compare it back to my first marathon when there was no carbon shoes uh, I was battered but I feel uh, I feel actually my legs don't feel too bad today uh, have you been running yet yeah I ran yesterday so I took one day off oh, <laughs> I, just couldn't, the one. Just the I one. couldn't stay away um, <laughs> I actually find running really easy and really slow um, helps recovery so I yeah did 20 minutes yesterday and just 25 minutes today and I'll just gradually increase but no proper training for at least two weeks oh, that's probably good. a bit longer actually yeah it takes some time <laughs> off all right yeah have you had a chance to to process well I mean we're, we're talking on Wednesday the race is four days ago we had a chance to really think about London Marathon the race itself soaking it all in or was it you know how, how when you look back on it now how are you reflecting on it yeah, I haven't had a chance, honestly. Like, I haven't even been home since the race. Um, 
it's just been absolutely crazy in a good way. Um, but yeah, it feels a bit surreal because I was thinking about the London Marathon for like eight weeks every day and now it's over. So I'm a bit kind of like, what's going on? Like, I don't have training tomorrow. It's so weird. Just like not waking up and thinking like, oh, what's on my schedule today? It's just, um, it's strange. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good strange. <laughs> I think lots of runners have that, don't they? Because the build up to any race is, is the kind of the journey. That's the big journey part of it. Yeah, The exactly. race itself is kind of the event at the end, but the build up and the progress that you make and you see and you feel, that's the kind of the bit that you take away really the, the race day tends to be a sort of a weird blur of like this is happening now oh good right okay <laughs> yeah I think as well with the marathon you can't race all the time so you do like one big race and it's not like for a track runner you can go every weekend um, even if they have like the Olympic final they could do like Diamond League a week after whereas for the marathon obviously you got like one race and then pretty much like you might have another marathon in the year but not really so it's one race one day uh, so it's all in for that one day <laughs> Did you feel a vast amount of pressure? Um, I'd say, yeah, but more myself because I hadn't run a marathon since 2019. So I just wanted to go out there and have a good one and prove that I was still a good marathon runner. Right, yeah, right. Um, because like I said before, you only get so many chances and before I'd got injured or yeah, like things hadn't gone my way. But um, 2019 was my last good marathon in London. Yeah. So it was good to come back to London and do another good one. PB it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, the last two marathons I've run, I've got big PBs. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, mean, I think everyone's talked about selection and, and then the Olympics and all that sort of stuff. And to sort of skirt that, you, you sort of referencing how this was probably a sort of like to, proving a point to certain people, but more importantly to yourself. Yeah. Is that kind of how the race in your head did you have to switch it off from almost being like I'm going to show those guys to this is just for me yeah 100% even in the training um it was all just for me really and like I said to prove that I could still do a good race um I kind of after the Olympic selection I just kind of had to move on yeah so I, like drew a line under it and I was like right my next target's London Marathon that's what I'm aiming for even when the Olympics was on I was just like not watching it just kind of staying away from social media and yeah, I wasn't really focused on it. So I guess on the day, yeah, I wasn't thinking about them. I was just thinking about, right, this is what I gotta do. It's gonna be my day today and I'm gonna execute a good race. <laughs> so yeah. And it worked. Yeah, it did. <laughs> it did. Um, did you have a chance to sort of, I mean, was that your first, you, you did a big half? Yeah. So in terms of like mass participation races with crowds. Yeah. How was that? Like did London, was it up there with your previous? Like, you know, running it previously, was it nice to be back in that environment? Yeah, uh, the big half was my first race of the year. And yeah, I actually didn't get to do any of the like COVID races mm. um, because I was injured and then I just didn't chose, I just chose not to race. So mm. yeah, I missed all the like elite only COVID races. So my last race in 2020 was a mass participation right. race. And then, yeah, the big half was my first one back. So. I didn't get to experience you didn't have that flip no, between the, the deadly like, silence yeah, to like yeah which yeah. I'm, I'm glad about yeah right <laughs> but I did see on the TV like what it was like and uh, it didn't look enjoyable so I was glad to have the crowd on Sunday you posted on Instagram that adversity is only the beginning now that, that obviously in direct reference to sort of like setbacks that you've had the yeah. Olympics injury and all those sorts of things how are you how's your running now like obviously you're off the back of a PB are you in a place now where you feel you have sort of recaptured a passion for it and like an enjoyment with it yeah and I think as well um 
because I didn't race in so long and like I said before I did a good race in 2019 and then there was like a massive gap really I think uh it just proves that you know I'm still like in the game and I if I take time off it doesn't mean that I'm out of the game because I think a lot of people think if you don't race all the time or you don't do a good performance every weekend it means you're like not relevant anymore but I think you can take time away to reflect if even if you're injured to like rebuild and uh you can still be back in the game and be better so I think that was a good thing for me really because I took so much time away from racing yeah. it didn't really do me any harm at all I think there's a lot of pressure as well to be seen to be doing something all the time, right? Yeah, there's like so much pressure. Like, social media and... Yeah, and, and people are like, when are you going to race again? And stuff like that. And I was just taking my own time and kind of like not telling anyone when I was going to race because I needed to wait till I was ready. And I didn't want to do a race just for the sake of racing. I wanted to race when I felt like I would do a good race. So the big half was my first race in 18 months. Um, so it was a bit weird being out for that long. But I did feel like, yeah, I was ready to race when... It Came down to it and it was your first race in with a new sponsor yeah that was cool i actually i wanted to get one done for adidas because i didn't feel like a proper adidas athlete till i'd raced in the kit <laughs> and like showing yourself out yeah. there yeah sure, like I, I, get just, that. I wanted to race in the kit so i could be like yeah i'm an adidas athlete now even though obviously i feel part of the team but it was good to actually do a race <laughs> just as a little bit of insight changing sponsors is is a significant deal for like it it disrupts everything yeah. Yeah. for an athlete right if you just like as an idea of like it changes your does it shift your coaching did it change your strategy or your, your week to day-to-day -day life everything yeah no it didn't change my coaching um luckily but I was obviously with uh Nike for 12 years so um it was a big change more just for the footwear for example not because there's any difference in the shoes like the shoes are great I love the shoes but it was just my feet getting used to a different pair of shoes um, but yeah, the transition was actually really good. Um, I mean, yeah, I, like I said before, I love the shoes and... Again, it's, it, it seems to be working. <laughs> yeah, I actually posted on Instagram as well, like, um, that I was faster in the three stripes. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, I'm obviously two minutes faster than I was in 2019, <laughs> so... <laughs> oh, well, that'll teach him. Because um, this was such a long training block. Yeah. How, how much of that was based around sort of getting over the injury and then rebuilding up to this race? How, how did you how did it sort of like progress for you? Yeah, so I was injured in January um, and I was back running at the time of the Olympic trials, but the medical team told me to miss the trials to focus on getting ready for the Olympics because obviously rushing a marathon build up and then um, going into a trial race and then doing another marathon at the Olympics wouldn't have been ideal. So they told me to miss the trials, get ready for the Olympics. Um, but then obviously after I wasn't selected, <laughs> there was a lot of drama. I took a bit of time off, um, not off running. I was running every day, but I wasn't doing like training. I was just doing easy runs for probably about three or four weeks. Um, and a lot of cross training just to get my head like back in and just to relax a bit. Cause I knew I wasn't going to race for a while if I wasn't going to the Olympics. So yeah, I started training for the marathon probably about June, July time. Um, and then, yeah, we started getting ready for London, but I actually found, because um, I'd taken such a long time off from marathon training, it clicks back into place really quickly. Um, I was quite worried, I thought, because I had taken so much time off doing marathon stuff that I needed to start from scratch almost. My coach was like, no, you're, you don't need to start. I actually only did three long runs over two hours, um, which isn't that many. Uh, and I was worried that wouldn't be enough, but obviously it was fine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like I said, everything clicked back into place. And I think your body doesn't forget what you've done before. Have you always been like a, 
uh, you know, um, a runner who cross trains and not particularly high mileage or in, in terms of like uh, comparative to, you know, people who rack up hundreds of miles per week and all that sort of stuff. No, I've been like the high mileage person yeah. before. Um, but yeah, this time my coach really didn't want me to get injured because obviously having the injury before missing the Olympics, it would have been like a disaster if I couldn't make London. So his approach this time was so much different. Before we'd done like 120 miles per week um, for about eight weeks almost um, up and down. But this time probably averaged only about maybe 90. Um, so a lot less because he just didn't want me to get injured. But obviously, like I said, it didn't seem to do any harm. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, which is surprising even to myself because I was a bit worried. Well, yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's amazing. We've spoken to like middle, on, on this podcast, we've spoken to like middle distance runners and we've spoken to like marathon runners and ultra runners. And it's so interesting how like, comparative to sort of perhaps slightly more old school approach of just being like full all mileage the whole time to like the ultra runners who are doing 40 miles a week but they're just cross training just so hard that yeah it's that sort of endurance absolute level yeah um do you find that you now do you think you've you this will sort of change your approach do you think you found a better solution for yourself yeah I think I just gotta not get injured really um because that really disrupts like the whole thing because you have to start from scratch again and um yeah, having the time off for injury is just so annoying. Yeah, right. Because even like after the injury, you have to build up slowly, and I hate that part. Um, so I think, yeah, basically, if I can stay injury free, um, that's the key. And I don't know if doing the high mileage was getting me injured before, or it was a combination of factors like the pandemic, I think, because um, I didn't have any races. I was just training hard and not having rest, like rest weeks or recovery weeks. So I was just like training every week the same. Um, I think that didn't help either because I needed like yeah to have a race so that I could take time off after and then rebuild but there was nothing is it I mean in terms of uh how you got into running I mean what was the starting point for you just you know if you were going to encourage people to get into running how did you start that process Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Yeah, I started at school, um, so my friends like signed me up for a cross-country um, race at school and I just found that I enjoyed it. 
and then yeah I wasn't very good I was like <laughs> um, I think sixth in my school or something so just out of the year group I was the sixth best so that's not even like yeah, yeah. yeah. and then yeah I just went to a club and then um, did races and even at the races I wasn't coming first straight away it took me probably about three years to even win a race um, but I just enjoyed it and then once I trained harder I found that I was getting better so then I just trained harder and then it got better. And then it was like, yeah, and then I was addicted to running. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. I think that was it really, yeah. I love it. It's for quite a simple method. Just get, yeah. just train really, really hard and get better. Yeah, literally, that is yeah. what I did. That's yeah, good. How would you sort of um, encourage others to start running? Yeah, I'd say like groups are really good, like the Adidas runners groups, the community groups, um, like going along to sessions like that where it's fun um, and you're not running by yourself and someone's setting your training for you as well. Um, that's really good because it takes you don't have to think about it then and it's enjoyable you it's social as well I think that's a great way to start running um, and then yeah obviously after that if you enter a race then it's more motivation to train because you want to do good at the race <laughs> train harder get better yeah train harder get better yeah <laughs> pretty much do you remember your first race that cross country race uh, yeah I remember it well I came like so the school the top six in the year group went to the district schools so it was cross country and um, yeah, my first coach was there and I came 16th out of the district. So not even that many schools. And yeah, my first coach came over to me and he just said he saw that I started at the back and I worked my way through to 16th. And he was like, I think you've got a good running style. You should come down to my club. And that was it. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That was good. Because I mean, I guess at that point, most people would have just gone, ah, oh, well. Yeah. And also like credit to him as well. Um, I was 16th. Like I wasn't winning. I didn't win the race. And he came over to me and said that I had a good running style. And I don't think I had a good running style, but he just said he saw how I started at the back and worked my way through and he thought I'd be good. So yeah, he did good. Hey, fair play to him, he's done well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, your PB at the weekend has now put you as the third fastest uh, British woman. Uh, that's some achievement. I mean, the, the two ahead of you are no slouches. So, <laughs> um, how, you know, and certainly um, uh, uh, Mara, who's in second. Yeah. 14 seconds. I know. <laughs> now, can you see, can you find 14 seconds if you look yeah, back? At, yeah, I honestly think like, so the second half of the race, the pacemaker dropped out at 30K. Yeah. So I had 12K completely alone, like no race. There was no people in front of me because they were like a K up the road. Right. And then there was the people behind me were like a K behind. So I literally ran alone for 12K. And I think like if I had a race or a pacer, then I like to think I could find those 12 seconds because it was hard to yeah just run by yourself. I had no idea what pace I was on. I didn't look at my watch. Um, I was just running. And then when I turned the corner and heard on the tannoy that I just missed the time, I was like, oh no, because I literally had no idea um, yeah what time I was on. I could have been running 2.22, I could have been running 2.24, I had no idea. So I think, yeah, if I had a race the second half or a pacer or something, then could maybe find those seconds. <laughs> yeah, right. When you're doing races, you know, you say you don't look at your watch. Do you do you run a lot on feel? Is that kind of like your instinct is when it comes to race day? You'll, you'll train with technology or whatever it is, but on the day? Yeah, I think a bit of both really. I do like to start off looking at the watch um, or have a pacer because obviously the marathon's such a long way, you've got to get it right. But then the second half, I think there's not really much you can do um, except run really fast, <laughs> as hard as you can. <laughs> because by that point, like even if the pace had said I was 12 seconds down, I don't know if I could have done anything about it. Yeah, right. Or yeah, I was just running as hard as I could for that last 12K. Um, so I was probably running a lot by feel. Yeah, I don't think I would have looked at my watch. <laughs> yeah, I think hearing it probably wouldn't make 
because it even might have been a bit of a setback if you hear that out loud. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. then you try and push harder and then you get more fatigued and don't and then slow down at the end because 12k is still quite a long way. So I think, yeah, I don't know if it would have helped or not really. How do you get into the, the, the sort of, you know, obviously training physically, you've, you've got over an injury and you've built up the mileage and you've cross-trained and that sort of stuff. How do you mentally prepare? What's your process with that? Are you a sort of visualization person? Do you like really like focus on like that end finish line and like picture yourself crossing in a certain time or are you just sort of more sort of like casual about it? Yeah, I'd say more casual about it. I think the training gets me ready for it. If I've done the training, then I can relax because I think once I got to the week of the race, I was way more relaxed um, because I wasn't injured or ill. Um, and I was so worried about those two things. One, like getting injured the most because the training's so hard. And then on the final two weeks, I was worried about getting ill. Um, my partner actually, uh, he ran in Copenhagen um, two weeks before the London Marathon and he got back with a cold. And he had to, he, he moved out, yeah, <laughs> he did. So I didn't see him for, yeah, like two weeks before the race. Uh, so I was living by myself because he didn't come home, which I'm so grateful for because he was actually quite ill. It wasn't COVID, but it was a really bad cold, but still would have made a difference. So yeah, I didn't see him. Um, so yeah, I think the, when I get to actually the race day, I'm just relaxed and the training's done. I can just focus on the race but yeah something I looked back on actually was really weird I looked back on my um, watch data from the race and uh, the warm-up that I did was um, 2.23k right. yeah and I was, I was like wow that's really weird because I just weird. I ran for 10 minutes so I didn't um, I didn't look at the like distance yeah. or anything and then when I got back after the race I looked at my watch data and it obviously had the race on there and the warm-up and the warm-up was 2.23 and I was like oh wow that is so weird that is <laughs> my weird. training partners were like well we did 2.232 but we didn't run 2.23 and I was like well I don't know <laughs> oh no so now you're just every warm-up every race now you're just gonna yeah, be like next I can't time look I'll at just, it yeah can't look at it it might predict like oh no it's too fast yeah I know <laughs> um when you took your time off and you were building back up and you, you said you were still running but maybe not following a plan. Um, and it, you were saying you were sort of getting your head straight, basically. Yeah. Did you, have you, do you ever use running in that capacity? Because it's very difficult when we speak to athletes that they, to differentiate the sort of pleasure of running versus the, being the job, basically. Yeah. How is that for you? Do you find it like as an easy thing or do, can you separate? Uh, yeah, so I actually do enjoy training. Like some athletes, yeah, they don't like going training, but honestly, I really enjoy it. Um, even the really hard training, I prefer way more. Yeah, yeah. I actually hate easy days. I find them so boring. <laughs> yeah, so I prefer to do a workout every day if I had the choice. Right, <laughs> nice. Obviously, I'd just get injured, so I wouldn't do that. But yeah, well, that kind of time, it was just stressful because I had um, like I was going through an appeal process to try and get in the Olympics. And then it was just like a lot of late nights doing that and then yeah a lot of stress and then I actually got ill because I was up and like doing that so I just couldn't train there was just no way I could like physically train I was exhausted and then having no target either because London was too far away to start training for really um, and the Olympics obviously that I had been training for was no longer happening so I kind of just had to take like a little break otherwise I never would have made it to London Marathon because I would have been too far out and probably yeah got fatigued before the day so I think it is a balance and yeah, my coach definitely helped at that time because he told me just don't really train. And <laughs> yeah, the same thing now, like taking a break. I think if I carried on training as hard as I was now, I would definitely get injured or just fatigued because you just can't do it all year round. So you do have to separate the times when you go like all at it and then the times when you're relaxing. Yeah. yeah. And now are you just going to... 
yeah. cruise, cruise for a bit. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, if I did like go as hard as I was before and try and carry on and race, that it wouldn't do me any favors. Yeah. I'd just get injured or ill. So I think now I just take a bit of time to yeah relax. I'll still train, obviously, because yeah. I love it. But uh, <laughs> it will be a lot easier. And then when I next choose what target I'm going to go for, I'll start going hard training again. Have you got your, there's nothing yet? Uh, nothing, no. I um, I qualify for the World Champs on Sunday, yeah. but that's not till August next year. Right. <laughs> so I'll obviously race before then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. 18 months of no racing <laughs> well, yeah. seems to go that all right. That is true. I mean, I could just wait around till then. I think, yeah, I'll definitely race before then. Yeah. But whether I even race at the end of this year, I don't know. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, there wasn't any targets after Sunday. I had nothing planned. So it was just wait till Sunday, see what happens, and then make a plan. So probably make that plan in a couple of weeks but yeah like I said I mean the next big goal will be next summer um the marathon uh whether I do another marathon before I'm not sure yet and Paris yeah that will definitely be my plan hopefully <laughs> yeah uh getting the team for that one absolutely yeah. um when it comes to marathon a lot of the stuff that we ever get asked is based around nutrition a lot of our readers and our users online really want to know what people eat before a race breakfast <laughs> really yeah this just seems to be like they're obsessed like so they, you don't have to train but if you eat if you <laughs> eat like the right porridge in yeah. the morning you'll be flying okay what do you eat before a marathon um so i'm usually in a hotel uh so i usually just take a porridge pot to yeah. the hotel like plain and then i have honey banana and peanut butter on the top oh, it's just so, so simple but it, you can take it anywhere like even when i race in japan i can yeah. take that and then just have it in the room or whatever or take it down to breakfast because yeah like i said you can have it anywhere <laughs> see porridge there you go everyone it's still porridge yeah um, just in a little pot <laughs> nice. i spoke to an athlete ages ago i can't remember who it was now but they were racing in japan and they didn't have their breakfast with them they like they didn't prepare to have that with them so they had r uh, cooked rice with jam on top i've actually had something similar okay, right, yeah, okay. yeah. same yeah because i got there and i didn't take it for some reason and yeah i had they just have like rice and vegetables for breakfast yeah. so i literally just have rice with honey on nice yeah, yeah there you the go. same kind of thing yeah it's cold i mean right? i would i yeah. would have that it's just hard to take to a hotel because obviously you don't can't cook rice and stuff in the morning <laughs> take a rice cooker with you i'm sure yeah, it'll be take fine uncle ben's rice with you <laughs> yeah well, look, thank you so much for joining us. It's been That's great okay. to talk to you. Um, good luck with everything Thanks. as it goes forward. And congratulations again for such a, an amazing performance at the weekend. Thanks. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World podcast. Huge thanks to our guests, Charlotte Perdue, and to you, of course, for listening. You should subscribe to Runners World magazine. Uh, it will deliver a monthly dose of running goodness through your front door. Uh, head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash podcast to get an exclusive listener offer of just three issues for £5. Please like and subscribe. Uh, wherever you listen to this on just Google Runners World UK on your favourite podcast apps you will find us and uh, yeah subscribe have a listen enjoy it uh, maybe I'll use the end here to turn this into a local radio station and do a shout out to some people who I've met who've listened um, I went out for my mate Josh who lives over the road I went out with him and his mates at the weekend two of them listen uh, well maybe one of them listens Matt likes running so does Jason Jason said he listened so big up Jason for listening to the podcast yeah good, good on you Jason thanks very yeah, well much yeah well Jason and uh, yeah my mate Matt his brother as well he listens so big up to him too so there's two people that I've met um, in real life Rick who've, who've listened so that's pretty great there's probably more there probably I think are more. so who knows I've looked at some statistics <laughs> and that's it anyway this is the longest outro we've ever done so let's leave it 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.